broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening, and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans player. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Rhino Shield Mid-South, Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by LifeGate Church in Mandeville and Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports, all sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to All Access, the Wednesday night edition here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Of course, our TuneIn app is always available to you to listen in anywhere in the world via iHeart. When the show's over, you can catch our podcast. Do so by going to CrescentCitySports.com. Just click on the menu, click on More, click on Podcast, and you can listen in. If you're at home and you can't get radio, well, if you've got Alexa, she'll take care of business. Just tell her to play WRKN or play Nash Icon, 106.1 FM, and you can listen in as well. You always have the freedom to email us. Uh, it's Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. That's Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. Of course, you can also call the show. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. Big week for LSU football. We'll talk to Jacques Doucet of WAFB coming up about the Tigers and the Crimson Tide. What a matchup every year. This is one that everyone anticipates. And then some are quite disappointed when it's over. Others are exhilarated. And at times, LSU fans are exhilarated. Could this be one of those years, even though LSU is a definitive underdog? We'll talk about it with Jacques Doucet coming up. Tulane, big week for the Green Wave, finding themselves in the national college football playoff rankings and in the top 25 at both college football polls and heading to a place where they've had some issues at Tulsa as an over-a-touchdown favorite this coming Saturday. And we'll talk about the Green Wave and their opportunity to continue what could be a magical season. We'll do that, too. Of course, the Saints will get into that shortly, and the Pelicans will get into that shortly as well. Might even touch on the World Series, right? So much to get into as we get it started here on a Wednesday night. Once again, it's 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation. The New Orleans Saints preparing for a Monday night battle with the Baltimore Ravens. And, of course, the Ravens, a three-point favorite in this game, even though it's on the Saints' home field. Oddsmakers giving you their thoughts about this. Of course, they gave you their thoughts last week and made the Raiders a slight favorite. That didn't work out so well. As I say all the time, the oddsmakers 
typically don't get it wrong very often, but they were dead wrong last week. Could they be dead wrong again? We shall see. The Ravens making a big deal to get a linebacker in tow to improve their defense at a place where they need an improvement. Not overwhelming offensively in terms of weapons, but Lamar Jackson is all that. And it's all about him and containment. And yes, he can pass effectively and hurt you. But what you must do, and I stress must do, against the Ravens unequivocally at all times every year is make Lamar Jackson a pocket passer. You have to keep him in the pocket. If he has a lot of time to throw and he makes a play, so be it. But the last thing you want is for him to break contain. Because then he can make a play with his feet and make long, explosive plays at that. But also, he can make plays with his arm outside the pocket and drawing attention and having people in a chase position. So that's ultimately it. I know it sounds simple, but that's clearly where it's at. You must keep contained against this particular player more than any other quarterback in the NFL. And that's why he is that type of player. He's in a contract year and playing for a big one, one way or the other, and he's going to get it because he's a special talent. So, again, that is the biggest key more than anything else heading into this game. Of course, where the Saints are concerned, it really, once again, comes down to focusing on injuries and just where are they going to be on Monday. We know where they're at right now. But are you going to get any of these key guys back? Are you going to get Michael Thomas back? Are you going to get Jarvis Landry back? Are you going to get Marshawn Lattimore back? Of course, there's also Adam Troutman in the mix. We know Mark Ingram is out for now. And Dwayne Washington carries a larger role as a result. Those things are clear. We know Andy Dalton is the quarterback. He's earned that for now. And I stress for now. As I've said all along, it's about... The quarterback of the present, not the quarterback of the future. I think we all know Andy Dalton is not the quarterback of the future. I don't think all of us know whether Jameis Winston can be that guy or not. I think what the indication that we're getting right now is that he's not because if he is indeed healthy, as Dennis Allen proclaimed last week, and he's not on the field, then clearly they don't look at him as being the future of this operation. So it's about winning now. And Dalton is giving the Saints the best chance to do just that. The Saints' defense was superb last week, and that must continue. And that was along the lines of what we expected to see. But ironically, we saw it in a different phase because there is no C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Of course, there was no Marshawn Lattimore either in this game. But what you saw, you know, and you didn't have Bradley Roby either. He's done. What you saw was Paulson Adebo playing back to the form we thought he'd play to, and maybe an injury had to do with that, with him struggling earlier in the season. And what we also saw was outstanding play from a rookie, Elante Taylor, who really played extremely well. And it wasn't just in coverage and the way this team shut down Devontae Adams, but also with the way Taylor played the run, the way he just absolutely fired from the deep to make plays on the perimeter and made sure he got guys on the ground. He tackled extremely well. Another thing about Taylor that you really had to like about this was not just the level of play that he displayed, but also the enthusiasm that you got from him. And I think that's an element that's been sorely missing with this team. We know Demario Davis is an inspirational leader of this defense. He's been good but not great this year, not as productive as we've seen in recent years. Of course, Pete Werner has stepped into that void and filled it beautifully and, and played very good football and tackled extremely well, both in the box and in space. 
But it was great to see that emotion, something we saw on a regular basis from Garner Johnson, who's having a big year in Philadelphia. So nice to see that along with the level of play displayed by Taylor. Of course, very important to see David Onyemata play the way he played last week. I think everyone thought that when he got the contract, this is the guy that you'd see. He had the suspension last year. That did not help. He did not have a real good year. Started off a little slow this year, but to see that kind of productivity last week and really the week before is exactly what you expected from the big guy inside. And they need to continue to get that from him because he can be disruptive and he can absolutely make plays both in a run and pass game. Of course, the play of Peyton Turner was very significant. Again, many of us looked at this pick at the time and scratched our heads. Peyton Turner was a guy that was hurt in college. He had some good games, including one really good game against Tulane. But you really had to wonder about that pick at that stage of the first round. Well, maybe, just maybe, we saw evidence of why the Saints and Sean Peyton saw that in Peyton Turner last week. He was disruptive. I mean, he was quick. He was strong. He has length. And he just played an outstanding game by far his best game as a saint. Now, can that carry over? Can he sustain that? And can he stay on the field? These are the ultimate questions that must be answered from this player because we all know the history of what he has been or has not been to this point. The other thing about Peyton Turner is let's consider the fact that Marcus Davenport is in a contract year. And if Marcus Davenport doesn't step up and perform, Saints aren't going to pay him. He's going to have to step up and do more than he's done. And he's had a play or two here or there, but not the guy that you expected him to be at this point. Another first-round pick. So while you like to have both in tow, you might not be able to afford both. And if Peyton Turner steps up and continues to play the kind of football that we saw last week, well, then maybe, just maybe, you don't have to pay both moving forward. So that's another consideration to look at. And then Cam Jordan got half a sack last week, and nice to see him continue to build on that Hall of Fame resume of his. Because again, he's still an important piece to the puzzle for this football team as a whole. Teran Matthew, man, that was huge, right? Pete Warner made a great play, laying out for the football, tips it in the air. Matthew, doing what he's done throughout his career, comes up with a pick. Right place, right time, and then make a play. It's all about making plays. Matthew's done that throughout his career. and done it so much for the Saints. And really, he did have a turnover and was in on another earlier in the year. He's responsible for the only two picks the Saints have. Keep that in mind. Dennis Allen told him his tackling had to improve. That was obvious, and it did this past week. You don't have to be a big hitter to get guys on the ground. You just have to get them on the ground. And Teran Matthew did a better job of that in space last week. Let's hope he can carry that over because that's extremely important. Flip it over to the offensive side of the football, and what did you see? Well, you saw Andy Dalton being efficient, making real good decisions except for one where there was a near pick out of bounds. Other than that, really saw the field well, made good decisions, and was accurate with the football, over 73% completions. So you give credit to the receivers, but you also give credit to Dalton, and then the biggest factor, maybe the offensive line. Where Dalton is concerned, Number one, you identify what you do best. What Andy Dalton does best is see the field, throw it to the open guy underneath, not down the field. This is what he's good at, and that is what he's done most often than not as a starter. Last week, that meant getting the ball in space to number 41, 
And we all know what Alvin Kamara can be. Christian McCaffrey stole the headlines in the NFL last week by scoring a touchdown three different ways, throwing a touchdown pass, catching a touchdown pass, and rushing for a touchdown. But Alvin Kamara was every bit as special for the New Orleans Saints. No, he did not throw a touchdown, but he ran for one, the first rushing touchdown of the season for AK. And then, of course, he caught two, and it was yards after the catch, making the reception after getting open, and then making people miss, avoiding tackles. And then with the one, just the run-through contact and then a brilliant stroke to stretch the ball over the goal line to get the score. He was marvelous. He needs touches, and he's your man. And when he's not your man, then Taysom Hill is your man. Taysom Hill touches the football, good things happen. And you hear it all the time, and I hear it too. He comes in the game, he lines up at quarterback, and the critics are going to say, oh, they know he's going to run the ball. Well, of course they do. But how do they fare against it? If you block it well, or you run delays or counters, which we've seen, or even straight sweeps to the perimeter, which have been successful, and you block it well, and you have the numbers, because you now have 8, 9, or 10 in the blocking capacity when he is taking direct snaps you can make it work and they have and he's such a good player he can run through contact and he can run away from people and he's your obvious other primary weapon on offense to go along with chris olave who started slow last week but then came on caught five balls and they have to give olave space because he can run he's smooth as silk and he catches the football what a good pick he has turned out to be. It's pretty obvious he's going to be that guy for many years to come at this point, and it has to be something that's very pleasing to the New Orleans Saints brass because they hit on that pick. It's pretty clear to everyone based upon what he's done. And then, of course, the offensive line. And the job they did last week was terrific. They blocked the run very well, and they blocked the pass extremely well. Andy Dalton was like sitting in a rocking chair. He did not basically get touched in this game. And that is a tremendous credit to this offensive line. Yes, they did have a couple of false start penalties, pre-snap penalties, two to be precise, and you don't want to see that. Uh, they did that. But overall, this was a spectacular performance by this offensive line. And they did the job in great fashion. So you hope that can continue. James Hurst has been... Pretty solid at left tackle overall. Nothing special, but Trevor Penny is on the road back, as we heard this past week from Dennis Allen. Let's not forget about him moving forward. He could be a big piece to this puzzle in years to come. Andrus Pete silently did his job, and he stayed on the field. That, of course, is the most important aspect when you talk about Pete. And then, of course, Eric McCoy, solid job making the line calls and executing and blocking well. It was obvious when you watched him on a couple of blocks where he just pushed people down the field and created space in the run game. Cesar Ruiz, you give credit where credit's due. He's played much better overall this year, and certainly much better in the last month than we saw at the beginning of the season and, and what we saw at all last year. Maybe Doug Marone has made a difference. They brought him in to try to coach Pete Ruiz up and help make him a better player. Maybe it's just Ruiz maturing and getting more comfortable in that right guard position. Let's not forget that he played center a lot at Michigan. But the bottom line is he's played better overall, and he's playing more like the guy they thought they were getting with the first-round pick when they selected him. Now that has to continue. And, of course, Ryan Ramchek, not a vocal leader, but he's a leader on the field with his plays. Just a tough, strong, physical guy who's versatile, 
because he's a very good run blocker and he's a good pass blocker and he's your best guy up front and he's playing like it and that is extremely important as well so this offensive line was a big part of what we saw last week and it will be a big part this coming week against a good defensive front for the baltimore ravens so we'll be watching that quite a challenge for the saints to meet the physicality of the ravens who are always going to bring that it's a calling card for that franchise regardless of what the personnel is on a year-to-year basis then of course Jawan johnson at tight end he can make plays he can catch the football and help extend things from his spot. And you got to like what you've seen of him, especially in the absence of Troutman. And Troutman's got to get back on the field if he wants to be part of this thing moving forward. Nick Finette uh, can block, and they utilize him in that capacity, not so much as a receiver. And, of course, where the receivers are concerned, we talked about Chris Olave, but Rashid Shaheed, this guy's an obvious playmaker. I mean, he is basically... Filling the void left by Deontay Hardy, and Hardy's future here has to be in doubt if Shahid continues to do what he's doing because he can do the things that Hardy does. He can run fast, he can go make a play on offense, and he can go catch a kick and return a kick for you. And so far we've seen that from Shahid, and he's made big plays for this team. So certainly there's a lot to like about him. It was a quiet game for Traquan Smith last week, but he does block well in the run game. That's what they like about him, so... Goes without saying. Marquez Calloway did catch a nice slant to move the chains on one occasion, and that's what you'll see from him from time to time. So they have kind of bridged the gap and plugged the, the leak, so to speak, with the absence of Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. And again, now we wait to see just what it's going to be where those individuals are concerned moving forward. Blake Gillikin is doing his job. The numbers won't pop out at you, maybe, like we saw last year, but some of those punts have been you know, of the shorter variety, trying to get him inside the 20. He had one shank in a previous game. Other than that, he's been good in what you expect. The one guy that has to step it up is Will Lutz, that goes without saying. I mean, you can't miss field goals from 30 to 50 yards indoors in the NFL anymore. You just can't. I mean, you miss one once in a while, but not – not like this. I mean, you have got to make those four of seven is not going to do it. 12 of 17 overall is not good enough, especially when you're kicking in the kind of conditions that Lutz plays in. And we understand one of those with that 60-plus yarder in London that he narrowly missed. But it's the others that concern you. And you have to be able to count on those points when they are there. You can't leave points on the field in the NFL. Uh, the competition is too evenly matched, and it's too close to be able to sit there and watch and not get points when you have the opportunity to do it. So that, at this point, might be a, a significant concern, if not the biggest concern, for the Saints. I mean, up until now, their defense has been their biggest concern, along with the turnovers. Turnovers have been brutal. They didn't turn it over last game. Defense, at times, brutal. They weren't brutal last game. They were brutal on the opposition. And yes, we can make the argument that the Raiders had something to do with it and they played lousy football. Sure, that's all part of it. But it, it cannot be ignored that they have Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. It can't be ignored uh, that they have a good possession receiver in Renfro. It can't be ignored that uh, Max Crosby and some other good players on the defensive line. It can't be ignored that Jacobs is a good running back. And the Saints simply whipped them in all phases. That's the New Orleans team that we expect to see. And based upon where the division is right now and what it's looking at long term, the New Orleans Saints are still in pretty good shape. They still have Tampa Bay to play. Even though it's on the road, they've played well in Tampa. They still have Atlanta to play, and that's at home. They still have Carolina to play, and that's at home. So 
At this point, you can say with all sincerity that the Saints control their own destiny. And if they can win this game Monday night against Baltimore, they go to Pittsburgh, and it's never easy to win on the road, but Pittsburgh uh, is not in a good place. And they just traded Chase Claypool, and they're playing with a rookie quarterback. So that's a game that you clearly have to feel good about with your chances to win. So as a result, you look at what's to come. You have to like uh, the numbers. You have to like the possibilities. But you've got to beat a team that's favored against you on your home field coming up on Monday night. And if you can do that and then win at Pittsburgh with those three division games left, suddenly your prospects look a lot better. And suddenly the New Orleans Saints, to me, become the favorite to win the NFC South. I thought they could do it. I thought they would do it before the season started when I picked them to win 10 games, just like I picked Tampa to win 10. But they haven't shown that to this point, at least up until last week. Let's hope that they can continue that trend. All right, just getting started here on this Wednesday night. Ken Trahan with you. It's 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061. When we return, we'll talk to Jacques Doucet of WAFB about the LSU Tigers as we continue with all access for Wednesday night here on 1061 FM NASH Icon and at NASHFM1061.com. I'm Ken Trahan. And I'm Jude Young. We'll have comprehensive coverage of high school, college, and the pros. Plus, we give you a voice to speak your mind. It's entertainment. It's information. It's all that you could want. And it's right here on 1061 Nash Icon. Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Following Inside New Orleans on 1061 Nash Icon. Country for life. At Target, Black Friday deals are happening right now. Save on the hottest gifts to get ahead this holiday, like must-have toys, the latest tech, and incredible offers to get your home holiday ready. You'll discover new Black Friday deals each week in stores and at Target.com. And make holiday shopping easier than ever using free drive-up, free order pickup, and same-day delivery. Get low prices and great deals so you can holiday your way. Only at Target. Exclusions apply. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, but when we just come out and say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So we're going to tap into human emotion, first with some music. Then in a serious tone, I'll say, save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. And even though it was about saving money with Progressive, we'll fade out the music so you know it was poignant. Wow, powerful stuff. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Demand different. Demand Dudley DeBosier. If you've been injured in a crash and the insurance company is forcing you to play defense, it's easy to make the wrong move. Don't let them cost you a big win. Demand Dudley DeBosier, the official injury lawyers of the New Orleans Saints. It could be a game-changing decision. Supporting the Saints, fighting for Saints fans, that's the Dudley DeBosier difference. Call 504-444-4444. That's 504-444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans. LA 22-13581. Hey. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry's starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, 
and a travel cover, all for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code IMPACT at checkout. That's harrys.com, code IMPACT. Enjoy! Ring in the new year with the 89th Allstate Sugar Bowl. Since 1935, the Sugar Bowl has been a New Orleans New Year's tradition. And this year, the best of the SEC and Big 12 will square off on New Year's Eve in the Caesars Superdome. So kick off your New Year's celebration with a college football masterpiece. For tickets, visit AllstateSugarBowl.org and download the free Sugar Bowl mobile app. The Allstate Sugar Bowl is presented by Allstate, the Louisiana Office of Tourism, and Taco Bell. Spud here, and you know the first place I go when my family needs to see a doctor's rapid urgent care. I mean, you're in and out of there in 40 minutes, give or take. You spend that much time in an ER just waiting to get triaged. From a broken ankle to a bee sting to a COVID test, rapid urgent care has got you covered with clinics all over southeast Louisiana. You don't need an appointment. Just walk right in with your ID and your insurance card. Or you can sign up for their health care partnership. Rapid Urgent Care also has a telemed center. Waiting for your call might save you a trip. Go to rapidurgentcare.com to find out more and to find the clinic nearest you. Don't let this happen to your largest investment. Call DA Exterminating now. We're ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com. This report is sponsored by Vicks NyQuil Severe. When cold symptoms keep you up, try Vicks NyQuil Severe. Just one dose starts working fast to relieve nine of your worst cold and flu symptoms to help take you from nine to none. NyQuil Severe, the nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, sore throat, best sleep with a cold medicine. Use as directed. Welcome to your Daily Sports Report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. LSU is 10th, Tulane 19th in the first college football playoff selection committee in its first rankings of the 2022 season released Tuesday. Tennessee number one, Ohio State second, Georgia third, Clemson fourth, Michigan fifth, Alabama sixth, TCU seventh, Oregon eighth, and USC ninth. Michael Pratt of Tulane, Jane Daniels of LSU both named to the list of 40 semifinalists for the Davey O'Brien National Quarterback Award. Off a win against the Clippers, the Pelicans finished their two-game parlay in Los Angeles against the Lakers tonight. New Orleans 4-2 and two on the season, and after a disappointing 2-5 and five start, Steve Nash out as head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Assistant Jacques Vaughn takes over, but word is that the Nets have zeroed in a former Celtics head coach, Ime Udoka, on a permanent basis. Adam Zimmer, son of the former Minnesota Vikings head coach, Mike Zimmer, and an assistant coach on the New Orleans Saints Super Bowl winning team in 2009, passed away Monday at the age of 38. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the time. What's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and All Access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Welcome back to the show. Of course, it's a big week for LSU. The Tigers in Alabama, annually something that everyone looks forward to, and annually it carries significance this year. Pretty significant significance, if you don't mind me using that word, twice in different forms. Because in LSU win, the Tigers control their own destiny. In Alabama win, Alabama controls its own destiny. Jacques Doucet, WAFB, joining us now to talk a little bit about it. Jacques, did we even imagine that this game could carry this kind of importance or magnitude before the season started? Kenny, I don't think so. And then certainly when you saw LSU play against Florida State in the season opener, and that was kind of a clunker, although a close game. But, you know, LSU lost that one. And you certainly didn't think that when the initial playoff rankings came out, LSU would be ranked 10th. 
in the playoff rankings. I mean, they're they're 15th in the AP top 25 poll, so even five spots higher there. So I think you are really starting to see the residual effect of Brian Kelly, his organization, his coaching staff, certainly the strength and conditioning program that Jake Flint has implemented as LSU continues to get stronger in the second half of all of these games. And, you know, Alabama, is LSU ready to, to step in the ring and, and beat in Alabama? Maybe the, the heart tells you yes more than the head, but uh, the, Brian Kelly has certainly got this thing trending in the right direction, and he's going to be coaching much better teams than this one at LSU in the future. So with the recruiting and the way things are going, uh, I think LSU's got a shot, really, to, to beat Alabama in this game. Uh, Jaden Daniels has improved. Um, he, he's got a lot better. The defense is coming along. Um, you know, I agree with, with the assessment that LSU might have some struggles on the offensive line against Alabama's defensive line, but we'll see. With regard to this matchup, it certainly seems to me that it could be a shootout. It certainly appears that Alabama's defense isn't what it has been in previous years. Of course, LSU's defense is improved. It's not all that, but it's it, it's fairly good. Both offenses, though, are playing extremely well with a quarterback at LSU that's grown vastly in the last few weeks and a quarterback at Alabama that's getting healthier. So do you see this game as a shootout as well? You know, that's kind of hard to say. Uh, that's a good question. It'll be interesting to see if the weather plays any factor. The, the rain chances are high on, on Saturday, so hopefully that's blown out. doesn't make it a soggy track. But, you know, uh, somebody described uh, Bryce Young to me as the Steph Curry of college football. And, and he really, uh, although Alabama's wide receivers have been described as pedestrian, uh, he really can make so many plays when he's uh, running around back there and kind of playing street ball and uh, I think Alabama will, will score their share of points. And, and LSU, um, you know, it's funny, all year, Kenny, we keep saying the same two things. Well, Jay Daniels can't keep running like this, and LSU can't keep falling behind in these games. And, and the both continue to happen, and LSU sitting at 6-2 and two and, and going in the right direction. So uh, I think it's important to keep the crowd in the game. And uh, I, I, think it, I think it could be a, a game that's uh, – you know, maybe in the high 20s, early, uh, low 30s. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. But Matt House has really done a massive job as a defensive coordinator. And following up Dave Aranda, you know, there were so many times that Dave Aranda's defense would give up like 250 in the first half, three touchdowns and then in the second half after they made their halftime adjustments, shut things down. So uh, I think House is doing the same thing. Visiting with Jacques Doucet, WAFB, talking about LSU. In Alabama, and where LSU is concerned, the offensive line, when healthy, has played better. The two freshmen have certainly played a large role there. Receivers have come on strong. That, of course, coincides with Daniel's improvement in getting them the football. But the running game has shown up, and they've actually had productivity to where Jaden Daniels hasn't had to be the running game in recent weeks, and I think that's extremely important. Yeah, Kenny, uh, it's funny. I was going back and looking at 2019 LSU practice video, and you see this guy standing in the background kind of watching, and he looks like he's about 12 years old, and that's Josh Williams. And a walk-on, uh, although he could have played ball on scholarship at some other places and then uh, eventually earned a scholarship at LSU. And, uh, if you would have told me that he'd be the feature back, I wouldn't have believed you. But just a great story, a 3.5 GPA. He's going to graduate business. He's got – Two years of eligibility uh, left after this one. He blocks, he catches, he runs. Is he Leonard Fournette? No. Is he Darius Geis? No. But 
he's giving LSU what they need in recent games to to win. And and John Emery has certainly flashed. He he certainly gives you the most electric plays. It, it appears at running back, but you know this is two different coaching staffs and four years that have had a good hard look at John Emery, and and he still continues to you know, not be totally uh, trustworthy to put in there. He had an injury on the opening kickoff against Ole Miss, but he'll be back this week, it appears, so maybe he can give LSU some plays there. Noah Kane hasn't really been a big factor. Armani Goodwin had ripped off some good runs against Ole Miss. So, yeah, that I, I had questions about this running back by committee and, and if it could work, but it appears that they have uh, certainly made it work. The one aspect of this team that has been disastrous overall has been the kicking game as a whole, but – over the last couple of weeks, not so much. So some improvement there and definitively needed. Yeah, you know, a guy like you covering Louisiana sports too as as well as you do, uh, you know, Greg McMahon uh, has been part of the biggest moments in Louisiana football history, you know, with the Saints and with LSU. And when he was not brought back, that was a bit of a head-scratcher, but it was Brian Kelly, uh, you know, new staff and doing things his way and – and certainly Brian Polian has taken a lot of um, criticism for the way the special teams have played this year. Uh, they are tightening things up a little bit, although I think uh, uh, Ramos missed a field goal against Ole Miss. He hasn't tried many. We, we had hoped that that field goal that he made late in the game against Florida, that was a huge kick and a pressure-packed situation that gave LSU a 10-point lead as opposed to you know Florida thinking they could drive and tie the game. So uh, they just need to – they can't be fumbling punts. I think Jack Besh hasn't been involved in the offense – much so he's put more pressure on himself to make plays in special teams and that didn't that hasn't worked out for him with a couple of fumbles he's supposed to be healthy and back this week but um yeah they have they, they've struggled to figure out who the punt returner is and uh and have had and made a lot a lot of mistakes on special teams this year but it, it does seem to be that they are improving to an extent the punter they brought down from notre dame bramlett he's been outstanding i think so uh, it, it's it's kind of been hit and miss typically with alabama lsu it's been when Alabama wins and controls play, it's because they're simply better up front. Do you see the Crimson Tide having a definitive advantage up front, or do you think it's close? I think that when you, you've got two true freshmen on the offensive line in uh, Will Campbell and Emory Jones, guys that I think five, six, seven years from now we're going to be talking about being all pros in the NFL, um, You know, there, there are still some learning curves there, especially when you're dealing with the Will Anderson and and the other outstanding uh, Alabama defensive linemen that they have, I, I think that there might be some tough moments there. Uh, as far as uh, you know, Alabama's offensive line, I, I think LSU can get pressure. I, I think that uh, I think Harold, Harold Perkins can surge through there and make some plays. BJ Ojalary can do the same. Um, but you're right. I mean, in talking to former players like Marcus Spears and whatnot, you know, they, they've they've said we our, our uh, you know, our skill players and, and cornerbacks and people like that have been on par with Alabama. We've, where we've lost the game over the years is in the trenches. We've gotten beat in the trenches, and, and, and so that is something to uh, to certainly look out for in this game. And, and a big reason why Brian Kelly was hired, Kenny, because of his great uh, history with offensive linemen and developing them. No question. Final thought with Jacques Doucet. LSU is, what, a 13-point underdog, I think. Last time I checked – you said that there is a realistic chance they could do this. I think there's a realistic chance they could win also. I'm picking Alabama uh, for obvious reasons, but I do think it's a competitive game. I think it it is a possibility. 
Yeah, on one hand, you say, look, LSU went to Alabama last year as nearly a 30-point dog and, and should have won the game if they could have generated any kind of offense there late in the game. On the other end, you say, well, maybe LSU snuck up on Alabama if that's even possible last year. And Nick Saban's had two weeks to, you know, kind of motivate his team and as only Nick Saban can. And, you know, it's like, you know, a lot of people saying you guys aren't that good. You know, I don't know if you're going to be able to handle that crowd. You know, you know the, the way Nick Saban can only talk to his team. Uh, and you have to, you have to wonder if, if Alabama is just going to come in racer focused and, and, and ready to go. And uh, Alabama is not all that this year. But at the same time, the only game they've lost is a, a game in which a field goal barely cleared the, the upright that got partially deflected at the line, you know. So um, I, I think I think Tiger Stadium, you know, people would say, well, Tiger Stadium doesn't make a difference. Alabama hasn't lost in Death Valley since 2010. But certainly it impacted the games in 2012, 2014, and 2016, made those games a lot closer than perhaps they should have been, and LSU should have won at least two of those three. And so – uh, yeah, uh, uh, I think that LSU's got a chance. Your head tells you that they're not quite ready to beat in Alabama, but that's why we play the game. Jacques Duchesne, WAFB, always a pleasure. Thank you for the visit. Keep up the great work, and let's hope that this is a good football game on Saturday evening. Absolutely. Thank you, Kenny, for having me. My pleasure. That's Jacques Duchesne of WAFB, and of course, that matchup Saturday evening, of course, the marquee matchup in the SEC, clearly Tennessee-Georgia. Georgia the favorite at home. That should be a great one. Both of those teams in the top three in the first college football rankings for the playoffs. LSU is 10th, Alabama 6th. So two prominent SEC games coming up this weekend. And, yes, we are going to find out much about this LSU team. We found out quite a bit already, but we'll find out a lot more based upon how far this team has progressed in year one under Brian Kelly against the ultimate measuring stick, the Alabama Crimson Tide and Nick Saban. We'll take a time out here. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061 if you'd like to join us. When we return, we'll get into Tulane, among other things, as we continue with more of All Access for a Wednesday night. Ken Trahan here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at Nash FM 1061.com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. With over 15 acres of cars and trucks at the Lamarck Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Buying a new car shouldn't be complicated. That's why our expert staff is here to help. I've been selling new Ford cars and trucks since 1970. It's over 50 years. Wow, there must be a reason. With your lifestyle and budget in mind, our finance team works hard to be the best in the business. Only at Lamarck Ford at the Lamarck Automotive Complex. 
there must be a reason. Using innovative technology and the real words of the people who were there, Expressions of America is an immersive sound and light show that brings history to life like never before, coming only to the National World War II Museum in New Orleans. This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples has you covered for all your custom printing, just in time for the holidays. And right now at Staples, you can save 40% on custom holiday cards and invitations, in-store and online offerings 1217. Exclusions and restrictions apply. Explore more at Staples, the working and learning store. This is Josh Danzig with Where Yet Magazine for 1061 Nash Icon. Hear ye, hear ye, get yourself to Hammond this weekend and weekends through December 11th for the Louisiana Renaissance Festival, the best festival in history. And this Saturday night, head over to the House of Blues on Decatur and be ready to dance the night away to the legendary Gypsy Kings performing such hits as Bombaleo and others. For more ideas on what to do this weekend, visit whereyat.com to sign up for our weekly e-blast, where the hottest events get delivered directly to your inbox. Incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. Welcome back to the show, Ken Trahan. Now turning our attention to the Tulane Green Wave and the college football playoff rankings for the first time ever, of course, in both national polls and back in American Conference action against Tulsa this weekend. Joining us now, from CrescentCitySports.com and other entities as well is our friend Chrissy Freud. Chrissy, how are you? Pretty well. How are you? I'm doing fine. Hey, this is this is a great week for Tulane. I mean, they had the week off last week, and they went up in both polls, and now they're in the National College Football Playoff rankings as well. Yeah, I think this is something that a lot of people didn't see coming just because there were not enough eyes on Tulane ahead of the season, but I – Honestly, I mean, it was cautious optimism considering this was a team that went 2-10 and ten the year previous. But if you had walked in there and not known anything about Tulane and watched the team throughout practice, you would have thought this was going to be a pretty good football team. And that's exactly what happened. And I think that it takes all three phases. And then at, at times last year and uh, just some of the things that went wrong, there were times that there was only one or two phases that was doing well. But I think this is a team that has consistently had a lot of talent. But now you're seeing between... The coaching, I think the change in the offensive coordinator was really good. I think that's paid uh, dividends. And then everyone becoming more experienced and just playing together more cohesively, I think that things are a lot better. And that's obviously shown up uh, in the overall record and the rankings as well. Now we find out whether a week off was a good thing or a bad thing, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that this is... Um, an interesting game for Tulane to go into because Tulsa is known uh, for a high-powered offense. They score an average of about 32 points per game, have a pretty good quarterback in Davis Brent that he's really lit it up on the stat sheet, which is partially a product of the type of offense that the Golden Hurricane run. Uh, but I think it's going to be an interesting matchup just to see kind of the battle of the offenses with how Tulane itself has gotten rolling on offense, uh, aver- averaging nearly 34 points per game. So I think that that's something to watch. But I think when it comes down to the defense that Tulane's defense is far, far superior 
uh, to Tulsa's. I think Tulsa's averaging, I want to say, somewhere around 34 points per game surrendered, somewhere in that ballpark, which is obviously not good. And we've seen uh, just how much Tajay Spears can get rolling. We've seen just how good uh, Michael Pratt is at operating this passing attack, too. So I think that uh, when you see that comparison, that's kind of where it's going to run away from Tulsa. I look at this game, and I, I kind of refer to it as a maturity game. If you're a mature program, if you're a mature team, and you're getting all the accolades and you're now getting attention and you're now ranked and you now have the lead in a conference, it's the kind of game that a mature team goes and wins. Yeah, I think so. I think that, I mean, obviously the only blemish on this record is Southern Miss. And you kind of look at it and you're like, how of all the ones they could have lost, how is it that one? But it seems like some of these teams that end up being so great and that finish the season as strong as Tulane appears is going to. There's always that one random uh, close game that kind of makes you turn your head a little bit. Uh, but I think that when we look back at last year's Tulane team, like I mentioned before, a lot of talent scattered across that team. But I think there's also the notion uh, that, I mean, whenever you're, you're a team that doesn't get a lot of attention, that's somewhat lowly. And then you go out and you play against Oklahoma with Spencer Rattler at the helm, who is projected to be the number one overall pick. Obviously, that's changed a lot now. And you go out and you almost beat them in the midst of the hurricane, all that other stuff they went went through i think it's easy to get somewhat of a big head or get a little bit ahead of yourself and then unfortunately be humbled like that throughout the rest of the season so i think a lot of this success just on top of the progression of tulane should be credited to willie fritz and how great of a coach he is and how great he is specifically at the mental aspect of his players it's it's cliche i know mike leach says that a lot of other coaches say it go one to know every week but i think that this team truly believes that truly understands that and truly adopts that mentality which has kept them so steady throughout uh, this play against co- opponents that they were expected to get blown out by and then opponents uh, that were seen as super lowly compared to where Tulane is now. Has it not been a good look for Tulane at Tulsa the last couple of times there? I have to think that that serves as a motivation as well, and it serves as, as a good talking point all week long for Coach Fritz, and several of these players were part of the last loss at Tulsa, including Michael Pride. Yeah, I think that whenever you – you lose to a team several times consecutively, and then there's kind of one that stings in your head from the year before you are determined uh, to go out and perform really well against that team. And I think that's a theme here. I think they've got a, still got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I think it will remain that way, really, even if they make it all the way to a New Year's Six Bowl. So, uh, yeah, I think that certainly ser- serves as a bit of motivation. I think that this is um, th- that they should be comfortable, though, because this is a completely different Tulane team than we've seen in the past. And it's clear that this one is on a historical path, which has already shown itself to this point. The Memphis game, you attribute the second half to Memphis waking up to Tulane just kind of letting their guard down, or maybe a little bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both. I think regardless of how, I guess, mentally solid you are, I mean, whenever you, any reasonable person, whenever you go into the locker room with a 35-0 lead at halftime, it's kind of hard to kind of go back out there for anybody and think you're going to have to go play in a competitive football game. But I do think, I mean, second-half adjustments are a really real thing, obviously. And I think that uh, the Memphis offense, that Seth Hennigan is a talented quarterback, didn't look his best in that game, in my opinion. Uh, But I think that they were able to get some things going in rhythm, and I think that they got some explosive plays that Tulane shouldn't have allowed uh, to the passing defense that has been so heralded all season. So I think it was a little bit of a combination of both, but I think that this defense has shown overall that it is strong and that it is still among the best in the nation. They come in clutch and get the job done, certainly, whenever they need to. And the first-half effort, obviously, tremendous. The focus, of course, to win the league 
and Cincinnati gets beat last week. What does that signal, and where does that put Tulane at this point in time in your mind, aside from the obvious being unbeaten in the league? Yeah, I think that we're seeing that a lot of these teams, maybe they simply were overhyped and that the analysis of this conference and the standings was just completely wrong. I think that's beginning to come to light now, and I think that all of those teams uh, between between Cincinnati and UCF, they both look beatable. They both had their stumbles in a way that I feel like Tulane hasn't quite had this year. And so I think that if we're looking overall in all three aspects, who's the most solid team? Like the, This is probably a bad analogy, but let, let's talk about how some people think that Ohio State is the best uh, the best team in the nation, despite not having a very good strength of schedule, because if they're the, just the most complete team, I wouldn't say that about Tulane schedule-wise, but in terms of being all around just the best overall team put together, I think that that's Tulane. It's hard to look at another team in that conference and say that they are better than that. Kansas State destroying Oklahoma State last week. Uh, that's both a plus and a minus for Tulane. Kansas State ranked ahead of Tulane with a worse record, even though Tulane beat them on their home field. At the same time, it signals to others about hey, this Tulane team, this might be a pretty good team. Yeah, I think that there is always going to be controversy with the rankings, and I certainly wouldn't have put Kansas State above Tulane, if we're being honest. But there's politics and stuff like that that you could get into and uh, just recency bias, et cetera, et cetera. But I was telling uh, Maddie Hudak, the sideline reporter that I'm friends with the other day, and we were talking about this with Kansas State, and I said, Kansas State has never been a bad football team. Uh, Kansas State's actually a pretty good football team. They've had some stumbles on offense, but they have one of the best running backs in the country, Deuce Vaughn, who's going to be a very successful NFL prospect. A lot of guys on that team that are going to be successful NFL prospects. Adrian Martinez has been up and down, but has had some really uh, high moments. And then I've been saying this really for the past two years, that I think Kansas State has one of the most underrated defenses in the nation, and that it has really shown up on several occasions. So I think that this says a lot less about Kansas State is not as good as people are trying to make it out to be, and they're ranked too high. I think this says a lot about the fact that Tulane was able to do what it did to Kansas State, just how good this Tulane team is. With regard to Tulane at Tulsa, how do you see the game? Uh, I think that this will be a double-digit win for Tulane. I don't see this being a particularly difficult opponent. I think that it's going to be a team, like I said, with a high-powered offense that could for potentially at times I have some explosive plays that you're going to have to watch out for because they are a really good on that passing attack with what they run over there, but I think that, like I said earlier, when it comes down to the defenses, that Tulane is far superior, and Tulane's got a pretty good offense that is versatile and opened up itself, and I think that this is a superior team, and like I said, double-digit win finish here. Of course, you can read Chrissy's work on Tulane at CrescentCitySports.com. Follow her on Twitter as well. Chrissy, always a pleasure. We appreciate the visit, and look forward to what should be another very interesting weekend with regard to Tulane and college football in general. Absolutely. Thank you. Pleasure, Kissy. Thank you. It's Chrissy Freud of CrescentCitySports.com. Again, Tulane at Tulsa. And, yes, Tulane lost at Tulsa last trip there. They have not had a good time there the last couple of times. Last time I blew the game, really let it get away. And it's one that sticks in the craw, which is why I think Tulane will be motivated. Tulane will be ready. Tulane understands where it's at right now. And a mature team handles this task in front of it. And I do think that Tulane is a maturing football team. And I expect that Tulane will go to Tulsa and come home victorious. Looking forward to see if they can keep up this magical season. Glad you're with us on this Wednesday night. Ken Trahan with you. 
One more segment to go. We'll talk about the World Series and the amazing Phillies when we return in a moment here on All Access. Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. At Target, Black Friday deals are happening right now. Save on the hottest gifts to get ahead this holiday, like must-have toys, the latest tech, and incredible offers to get your home holiday ready. You'll discover new Black Friday deals each week in stores and at Target.com. And make holiday shopping easier than ever using free drive-up, free order pickup, and same-day delivery. Get low prices and great deals so you can holiday your way. Only at Target. Exclusions apply. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, but when we just come out and say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So we're going to tap into human emotion, first with some music. Then in a serious tone, I'll say, save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. And even though it was about saving money with Progressive, we'll fade out the music so you know it was poignant. Wow, powerful stuff. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Mornings were made for better things than rheumatoid arthritis or RA. Zelgen's tofacitinib is a pill for adults with moderate to severe RA when tumor necrosis factor blockers did not work well or could not be tolerated. Zelgen's can help relieve joint pain, swelling, and help stop further joint damage. Zelgen's can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Before and during treatment, your doctor should check for infections like TB and do blood tests. Serious, sometimes fatal infections, cancers including lymphoma and lung, blood clots, serious heart-related events, tears in the stomach or intestines, and allergic reactions have happened. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors have an increased risk of death. Tell your doctor if you've had hepatitis B or C, have flu-like symptoms, are prone to infections, or have ever had a heart attack, stroke, clot, or other heart problems, or swelling of lips, tongue, throat, or hives. Ask your doctor about prescription Zeljans. Visit Zeljans.com or call 1-844-ZELJANS. At Target, Black Friday deals are happening right now. Save on the hottest gifts to get ahead this holiday, like must-have toys, the latest tech, and incredible offers to get your home holiday ready. You'll discover new Black Friday deals each week in stores and at Target.com. And make holiday shopping easier than ever using free drive-up, free order pickup, and same-day delivery. Get low prices and great deals so you can holiday your way. Only at Target. Exclusions apply. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, but when we just come out and say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So we're going to tap into human emotion, first with some music. Then in a serious tone, I'll say, save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. And even though it was about saving money with Progressive, we'll fade out the music so you know it was poignant. Wow, powerful stuff. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Eight-time Grammy Award-winning superstar, Carrie Underwood, presents the Denim and Rhinestones Tour. With special guest, Jimmy Allen. 
Smoothie King Center, Saturday, November 5th. Get tickets now at CarrieUnderwoodOfficial.com. The brand new album, Denim and Rhinestones, is available everywhere now. Carrie Underwood, produced by AEG Presents. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have meaningful, constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, at NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call, 504-260-1061. Our final segment begins for this Wednesday night here on All Access. Ken Trahan with you. And, of course, the World Series continuing this evening at Citizens Bank Park, where the Phillies are now up 2-1 on the Astros after bombing Houston last night. What a crazy, strange season it has been. The Phillies were the third-best team in their division, and here they are on the World Series, and they're up 2-1 over a heavily favored Houston team. And now tonight, Javier will get the ball for Houston, and, of course, Aaron Nola for the Phillies. Aaron had a tough game in Game 1, but he has a chance for redemption at home where he pitches better, and tonight, a great opportunity. If the Phillies can win this game tonight, it's hard to see them not winning the World Series. This is a team that won 87 games in the regular season, and the Astros won 106. But then again, the Dodgers, who were the best team in baseball, got knocked out, and the Braves, who were probably the next best team and the defending World Series champions, they got knocked out. So maybe this is one of those years where the best teams don't win. Maybe it's one of those years where the team that's playing the best at the right time wins. And there is a significant difference because we've seen this over the years. Wildcard teams have done this. We've seen them win the World Series. We've seen favorites get beat, and that has been the case this year. And the Phillies are doing it, you know, with some magic. The bullpen for Philadelphia, considered a liability much of the year, has just been really good overall. They got a great start last night, of course. And then... All about the home run ball. And in the postseason, if you can strike the home run ball, if you can knock the ball over the fence, it's going to change everything. Because by and large in the postseason, you don't see a lot of hits. You don't see multiple hits. You don't see double-digit hits from teams. Typically speaking, the way runs are scored is that you hit the ball over the fence. And when you can do that, you're going to win. And the Phillies, boy, have they ever done that, right? Last night was amazing to watch. I mean, it was basically home run derby. They tied a World Series record with five home runs. Count them, five in the game last night. Behind Suarez is pitching, and they were just terrific in a 7 nothing victory. Kyle Schwarber, I mean, again, if you're a Chicago Cubs fan, you got to be crying. I mean, you saw Rizzo in the playoffs. Come on, man. You know, they traded away Bryant. They traded away their shortstop. They just, it's ridiculous. They win a World Series, and they just sell everybody off. Schwarber could have been there for a long time. This guy just has enormous power. Club won a mile the center last night. Reese Hoskins, man, big time. Bryce Hopper's had the best postseason of anybody. Came back from that hand injury, and he's been dynamite down the stretch and in the playoffs. You can't ask for anything more. Alec Baum, he knocks one over the yards. Marsh, he hits one out of there. I mean, it was just home run derby. They just plastered Houston, but then the pitching. I mean, they held the Astros to five hits and no runs. And they knocked McCullers all over the place in that game. And then afterwards, it was speculated that McCullers might have been tipping pitches. And maybe that's what gave the Phillies an edge. And if that's the case, 
kudos to Philadelphia for picking up on that. That's part of the game to be able to find a way to get that done. But clearly this was a magnificent job by the Phillies. I mean, you look at the way these games unfolded. Game two, the Astros were had to sweat that out. The Phillies came close to coming back in that, which Warbur just missed a home run, not once but twice in, in late in that ball game. Astros had five-run lead in game one, and they're going to rue that, I'm afraid. Looking back, if you're an Astros fan right now, you have to be very concerned. Why? Well, because the Phillies have nothing to lose. They're a hot team. They're playing well. They're really good at home. Houston's going to have a hard time getting this back to Houston at this point. They've got to win a game at Philadelphia. And then, of course, the other aspect of this that you have to look at and study with regard to why you have to